0: Well, good morning, everyone, invite you to open your Bibles to the book of Galatians, Galatians, as we begin our study of Galatians this morning will be in verses one through five of the book of Galatians. To know grace and peace in this world, we must begin with the gospel That is the message that we see in the first five verses of Galatians this morning. To know grace and peace, we must begin with the gospel. Now, Paul's letter to the Galatians is centered on the theme of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's why we have entitled this sermon series, No Other Gospel. And as we move through this letter over the next several months, we will see this theme resurface time and again. And yet Paul wastes no time in addressing the main and most important issue from the beginning. For there is nothing more important in Paul's day nor in our day than the gospel itself. It seems that the churches in Galatia had encountered some bad theology. There were false teachers who were coming into the churches and they were teaching that if these Gentile believers really wanted to please God, they needed to first obey the law of Moses. Before they could receive the grace and peace offered to them by Christ, they needed to begin with the law. These teachers have been deemed Judaizers because they tried to mix the Jewish law with the gospel of Jesus Christ. One of the main points of contention was their view of circumcision. That is to say, the Judaizers, Judaizers taught that to enter into a right relationship with God, to know God's grace, to know the peace of God, you must first receive circumcision in acts chapters 13 through 14 we read of how paul and barnabas planted the churches which are being addressed in this letter the churches of galatia which are essentially if you think of it geographically are part of asia minor or what today we call turkey and it was kind of central south region of asia minor to which these letter or this letter was being written And we can read about that, those church planting efforts in Acts 13 through 14. But then in Acts 15, we read of how the circumcision party, these Judaizers were disrupting the gospel work of Paul and Barnabas. In verses 1 and 2 of Acts 15, we read this. But some men came down from Judea and were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses you cannot be saved. And after Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and debate with them. The book of Galatians is a window into that debate. What is at stake is not merely a question of custom. It's a question of salvation. For the Judaizers were not saying that it would be helpful to be circumcised They were teaching that it was necessary to begin with the law for salvation. And as we will see, Paul's argument is not that circumcision is merely unnecessary, but rather to submit to circumcision as necessary for salvation is to to undermine the gospel itself. To add any requirements to salvation besides faith in the gospel of Christ is to undermine the whole plan of salvation. Even as Paul writes in chapter 2 of Galatians, yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. Anyone who believed that the mere change of calendar year from 2020 to 2021 would make the current social and political struggles disappear has been sorely disappointed in the first 10 days of this year. seems that 2020 will only be outdone by 2021. We've all been troubled by the rise in the cases and deaths of COVID-19 and the unrest that we've seen in our nation's capital. It's been difficult to process. It feels as though... There is no solid ground upon which to stand. And yet, when the sands of this world seem to shift beneath our feet, we have great confidence and hope because our peace is not grounded upon this world. It's grounded upon the rock of Christ. And it is to Christ we must look and it is to His kingdom that we must pledge our allegiance in these days. Let us not be like the Galatians who were so easily swayed from the gospel, but let us in our day throw aside all that hinders our pursuit of Christ because there are so many things that are going to steal our attention away from Christ. There are so many distractions, so many things that will take us from our focus on the gospel to looking to the right or looking to the left. But the book of Galatians teaches us that we must focus in the midst of these innumerable distractions on the gospel of Jesus Christ and the grace and the peace of God therein. So hear now the word of the Lord. Galatians 1, verses 1-5. through 5. Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ, This is God's holy word for us, His people. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Blessed You are, Lord Jesus Christ, our great God, and You are the everlasting sovereign God and Father. O God, You have put within us a longing to know You. And so we pray that You would grant to us Your Holy Spirit That in knowing Your Word, we might know Your presence. And that in following Your ways, we might live in Your light. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. As the book of Galatians begins, you see in their text there, you probably have a title that says something along the lines of, Greeting sometimes called a salutation. That's what these first five verses are of the book of Galatians. They are the initial greeting that Paul writes at the beginning of this letter. And Paul, in writing this initial greeting or salutation, uses the common convention of letter writing in his day. And you see these main three elements. The writer of the letter would identify himself, so he writes... Paul, right? The very first word there, Paul. It's not an anonymous letter. He is saying, this is the person who has written this letter. It is Paul. The next element that would be a part of a regular greeting in a letter in that time was the intended recipient, right? The churches of Galatia. It's almost like the outside of an envelope. You know, you have the address and the return address. We know who is sending it and we know who it's being sent to. And then the third element that would always be in these opening greetings or salutations of a letter would be an offering of a blessing. Now, regularly, it would be the word for rejoice or joy. That would have been the common convention. But Paul replaces it with these two words, grace and peace. You see, he does not merely identify himself. He identifies himself as an apostle of Jesus Christ. And he does not merely identify the recipients, but in these few short verses, he communicates to them the centrality of the gospel and the glory of God. Paul modifies this common convention to begin to bring out the themes of the gospel that will show up throughout the letter to the Galatians. Now, the first thing that we see in our text for this morning is that if we would know the grace and peace of God that is offered here, we must first recognize the authority of the gospel that Paul proclaims. So what is the authority of Paul's message? Well, look again at verses one and two there. Paul writes, Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through man but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers who are with me. Now, this word apostle, by which Paul identifies himself, Paul, an apostle, means one who is sent with the authority of the sender. Right? It is an emissary. It is an ambassador. So to use a modern day example, when I send one of my children into the grocery store with my debit card, they are acting as an apostle of mine, right? I don't want to go in, so I send them in with the authority, my financial authority in their hand, and they can go and act on my behalf and spend my money to buy something on my behalf. They are my little apostles that I send to do my bidding because I'm too lazy to get out of the car, And in the New Testament, you have examples of people being sent out as apostles. But in particular, we have this unique office of apostle. That the Lord Jesus Christ sends out his disciples, those who follow him, as apostles. That is, he gives his apostles authority to proclaim his message. He appoints them to speak on his behalf in such a way that what they say carries the very authority of his own words. And so when Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, as we read in Acts chapter 2, his words carry the authority of Christ because Christ had commissioned him to speak those words. And Christ being the Son of God means that the words that he commissions... Are the very words of God Himself. The apostles of Jesus speak God's word. And they do this in a unique way. For apostleship, in its technical sense, as used here and throughout the New Testament to speak of a specific group of people was a one-time office. A foundational office. Paul says the church was built upon the foundation of the apostles and Jesus Christ Himself is the cornerstone. You don't relay a foundation. Right? The foundation of the church is this authoritative proclamation of men who are commissioned by the resurrected Jesus Christ to speak His words. That's the authority with which Paul is writing to the church in Galatia. So what is Paul's argument? Well, he's saying that he is an apostle, but his apostleship is not rooted in human authority right i mean it says right there he says right from the beginning an apostle not from man nor through man right it's it's not that i was commissioned paul says by a church board to come and plant this church i wasn't sent out by men i wasn't sent out by individuals who said you know there's a good opportunity for some gospel work so we're going to send you out No, Paul says, I am speaking with the authority of Jesus Christ because my apostleship, my commission was, as the text says, through Jesus Christ and God the Father. This is of vital importance because there are many who would seek to undermine the authority of Paul, both in his day and in our day. There are many who treat Paul as though he co-opted the message of Christianity, that he morphed the message of Jesus to fit his own views. But what the word of God is teaching us today is that the authority of the words written in the book of Galatians are not rooted in human authority or power or knowledge, but they are rooted in the very power and authority of Jesus Christ and the God who raised him from the dead. For Paul, when he was on the road to Damascus, to persecute the church of Jesus Christ, the risen Lord appeared to him and changed his heart and commissioned him as the apostle to the Gentile world and sent him out with that authority as one, as Paul says, as one untimely born. You see, what we come to hear today and what I come to preach over the next several months is not the ever-changing wisdom of the world, but it is the eternal, unchanging Word of God. Are you looking for direction and grounding and peace in this world? Are you searching for wisdom and guidance in a world that seems to be less and less predictable than ever? Then we need to begin here. We need to begin and with the recognition of the authority of the Gospel proclaimed in the words of this book. We often hear of media bias and fake news. And it seems difficult to know where to turn to find the truth these days. Might I suggest that you find truth in the Word of God? Might I suggest that you turn from giving your heart and your mind and your emotions and your hopes to apostles who are sent to propagate messages of fear and division and hate. This does not mean that you blindly stop looking at what's happening in the world and ignoring all that's going on, but rather it means that you properly categorize the authorities in your life. What messenger, what apostle grips your heart and your life? What direction are you receiving that is causing you to walk one way or another? Is the main authority in your life anything but the Word of God? Then you are going to be distracted and you are going to find yourself submitting to all sorts of craziness. Submitting to the unchangeable standard of truth and the Bible means that you submit to think about social and political questions according to the Word of God and not to an ideology or to an individual. Because if we do, we will find ourselves riotously burning down businesses or standing like some shirtless horned fool in the chambers of Congress. They believed lies and that's how they ended up there. Or maybe, for us, more likely we find ourselves defending such foolishness. Who and to what will you submit your mind? If you would know the grace and the peace of God, then you need to submit yourself to the authority of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And everything else must come in submission to that. What authority will you look to in 2021? Those who would know the grace and peace of God must look to the God-given authority of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. We must begin with the Gospel, even as Paul begins with the Gospel. So then, what is this message that he gives to the Galatians? What is the gospel message that is being authoritatively communicated in these verses? Well, as we go through the epistle, we will draw out the message of the gospel in greater and greater clarity. One of the things that's amazing about the gospel is that it's simple enough to be communicated to young children. And yet it has so many dimensions and such complexity to it that even the most intelligent of human beings can never delve to the very depths of it. So let's look at verses 3 and 4 of our text and see how this gospel begins to be communicated in kind of a condensed form here. So Paul says, grace to you and peace from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age. Now again, Paul offers these twin blessings of grace and peace. Grace is the unmerited favor of God. It's God's blessing given to his people according to his own foreknowledge and love. He graciously offers blessing to his people. And peace is that state of being given to those who are in a right relationship with God. In Hebrew, it's shalom, right? Now the opposite of peace is when the wrath of God... And all the correlating estrangement and chaos that is associated with being under the wrath of God is in our lives. When we're in a relationship with God that is estranged because of our sin. But peace is when the Lord makes His face to shine upon you. Peace is when order and blessing and fruitfulness come into your life. And the Gospel is the proclamation of the way This place of grace and peace comes into our lives. It's a proclamation of the way forward out of the present evil age into the blessed age to come. It is how one is delivered from captivity in the domain of darkness to come into the kingdom of God's beloved Son. You see, all of us are searching for a way forward out of the chaos of this world. We're all trying to build a map of knowledge and behavior that will lead us down the proper path so that we don't get lost, so that we don't find ourselves falling into pits of foolishness and destruction. Right? And so it is easy to see in young kids. They're trying to map out their way in this world. And when they're very young, they start exploring this world and start doing things to see how the world will turn out if they do them. And so for one example... You know, we'll see in our family, um, little Josephine, lately she likes to put a blanket over her head and run around blindly and see what happens. Right? I'm going to test this world. I'm going to see if I can run blindly through this world. And inevitably, she runs into a wall and she realizes, okay, that's a mistake. I'll take this blanket off. Right? And kids do this. They, You know, they'll go outside and they'll pick up a little dirt and they'll taste that. We have, All right, that no, that's bad. I'm not want to do that again. And then you start getting older and you're a teenager and you stay up all night long right and you say hey maybe this is a good way to live life like i don't have to sleep and then you have to go to school the next day and you fail your test right or you are not paying attention in church and you realize okay this isn't a good thing to do you start testing the world is this the right way forward you know i'm gonna lie to my parents see if i can get away with that now that didn't work so well I'm going to say something mean to one of my friends. And then, man, oh, that did not work so well. Now our relationship is estranged. Right? We go through life and we're trying to build these maps that will teach us, okay, how can I avoid these pitfalls of life? I don't want to wander in darkness of sin and anger and malice and confusion and doubt. And what the Judaizers were saying, and what we so often do is, if you would navigate this world well what you need, the map that you need to get yourself out of all the hardship and all the struggle of this world is obeying the law of God. If you would just obey the rules, then you will not fall into pits of death and destruction. And we do that ourselves. We set up all these rules in our lives. And we think that if we will follow these perfectly, if we would put this at the very foundation of our life, then we will not fall into the pit. Because we don't want to end up creating hell on earth for ourselves and for everyone we profess to love and eventually fall into the very pit of hell for all eternity ourselves. So then how do we come to this place of peace, of deliverance? Well, as the text says... Jesus gave Himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age. This is the Gospel in condensed form. Jesus gave Himself for our sins to deliver us. We need to break this down a little bit more. Jesus gave Himself. What does that mean? Well, it is clearly a reference to Jesus' voluntary offering of Himself upon the cross. He gave his life. He willingly laid it down, right? God did not offer up the life of some other person, right? He didn't say, oh, I'm going to take this hooligan over here. I'm going to offer him up. Boom, that's for you, right? No, he offered the life, the blood of the most precious human, the son of God, Jesus himself. The gospel is about Christ's voluntary death. He gave himself. And why did He give Himself? He gave Himself for our sins. Our sin is what has stolen peace from our lives and from the world. The Word of God tells us that the wages of sin is death and without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sin. And therefore, in offering up His life for sin, Christ was acting as a substitute for us to receive in Himself The penalty that was due us to offer his own blood for the forgiveness of our sins. That is to pay the wages of sin. We earn death by sinning, but Jesus paid that debt debt by dying for us. There is a penalty for sin and it is death. But there is a substitute for death and it is Christ. For Christ bore the wrath of God against sin on behalf of His people that we might be delivered out of the wrath of God into the peace of God. And what end did this substitutionary death lead? Well, the text says that He gave His life to deliver us from the present evil age. This present evil age is the epic of history marked by sin and ruled by Satan. It is the age that dawned at the fall of man and is the age that continues to this day. However, there is a future promised age when God will undo all the effects of sin in this world and all his people will dwell in eternal peace and life. And the good news of the gospel is that Jesus has saved us from the evil powers of this world that by giving himself he has defeated the powers of sin and satan and death and this has occurred in such a decisive manner that all who turn to jesus christ in faith now are freed from their tyran- the tyranny of both sin and satan and that we will live forever and ever in the peace of god and the question is this morning do you believe that this is the path to peace? Do you believe that your sin is what has caused destruction and chaos to enter both your life and the life of the world around you? Do you believe that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, gave Himself to deliver you from the hell that you have brought upon yourself? And do you trust Him and Him alone to give you deliverance from the evil of this present world And to deliver you into the blessedness and the peace of the world that is to come. For we must begin here. We must begin with the gospel. Jesus Christ crucified for sinners. This is the only path to the peace that your heart desires. For to know peace in 2021, you have to begin with the gospel even as Paul begins the epistle to the Galatians with the Gospel. And to begin with the Gospel, you have to recognize its authority. It is from God. You must receive its message of Christ crucified for sinners. And the final thing that we see is that we must rejoice in the Gospel's purpose, which is the glory of God alone. Look at verses 4-5. through Starting kind of in the middle there of verse 4. It says, Who, that's right, that's Jesus, gave Himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. One of the unique features of this greeting, of this salutation in Galatians, is this benediction, this short song of praise to God it's as though Paul cannot help but praise God for what God has willed to do in saving his people through Jesus Christ it's like he's bubbling over he can't help it he shares the gospel in condensed form and all of a sudden he starts praising God because it's so glorious and if we would know peace in this world we must also praise God for the gospel of grace You see, the Gospel is good news because it's the proclamation that God has saved sinners through His Son, Jesus Christ. And this is what Paul will be seeking to explain throughout the book of Galatians. The Gospel is not the Gospel if it's anything other than God's grace to save sinners according to His will. When we begin to add our own requirements and stipulations and addendums to the Gospel, we don't just have another Gospel We have no gospel at all. We have the schemes and plans of men. But Jesus given for our sins is according to God's will. It's according to God's grace. And we add nothing to it. And this is where we so often get off track. Because we believe that the gospel and its power to render forgiveness is according to our will and to our choosing. You see, we are so wired that we want to intervene something between ourselves and the gospel of God's grace. We want to add something in there. We want to, whether it's the law and its circumcision or whether it's our own ability to recognize the truth of the gospel and to will the gospel for ourselves, we want to wedge something between the gospel and God. We want to have control of it. We want to believe that we, through our own work or through our own intelligence, can bring this about because we want to believe that we are worthy. And by our worth, we can boast and we can rejoice in the fact that we did or we figured out what we needed to figure out to be saved. We made the right map to get through this world, to get to peace, to get to heaven. That's what we want. But Paul shuts the door. He says there is no room between God and the gospel. For the gospel is according to the will of God. Jesus says that those who are born of the Spirit are not born of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God the beginning of the gospel is God himself and if you would believe it you would believe it because it is God's will and because it is all of God the glory of our salvation goes to him alone as Paul says in his letter to the Ephesians for by grace you have been saved through faith And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one may boast. To receive the peace of God, you must begin with the Gospel because the Gospel strips us of all of our pride, all of our boasting, and it leaves us glorifying and praising God alone. Why does Paul begin Galatians with the Gospel? Because we can go nowhere without it. It is the very foundation and root. It is the solid ground under our feet. It is our peace in a world of chaos. And so this is why at the beginning of our study of Galatians and at the beginning of 2020, I call on you to begin here. Recognize the authority of God's Word. Receive the Gospel of God's grace and praise the God who wills our salvation for His glory and for our eternal peace. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we come to You now in this time and we do pray that You would give to us Your Spirit that we might live in the peace of the Gospel of Jesus Christ. We pray that You would strip us of all boasting and pride and that we would rejoice in You alone. We pray, O God, that this Gospel would not stay within the four walls of this church but that it would burst forth in power in this world that is so desperate to hear the truth. We pray, O God, that You would work so mightily within us here at Rivermont. Lord, that this city, that this community might be turned upside down for the sake of the gospel. We pray it in Christ's holy name. Amen.